Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. Today's episode is all about a product for better sleep. It's a custom pillow. Now, usually I don't do episodes just on products, but my insomnia episode is listened to so much that I really feel like whatever I can do to help people sleep better is good for them. So this is with the inventor of a custom pillow, Richard Jacobs, who's an entrepreneur. He lives in Austin with three kids and a wife. And we talk all about not just how he came up with this product, but some good things for sleep too. Some good sleep tips are worked in there. And both of our personal journeys with sleep, I mean, not the whole complete story, but certainly some good parts of it. If you're looking for free hypnosis to help yourself sleep better, then I have some episodes on the podcast with free ones. I ran one in the very first season, the first year that I ran the podcast. The original one is episode 40. And then I ran a replay last year when I was on break, which is episode 101. It's easy to remember, right? 101. Insomnia 101. <laughs> and so you can always see those either on your app if you search it up or at my website, drlizhypnosis.com slash episode 101. So those are good ones. And then you can always go to my website and see if I'm running an insomnia program. So I've decided to start doing programs online, online groups to, around various topics. So you can always visit my website and see if I'm running one of those as well to help you sleep better. Okay, I hope you enjoy the interview this week and pick up some good tips for yourself for insomnia. Peace. Hi, Richard. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. So this may be slightly an unusual interview for my listeners, but I did want to tell everyone that I am intrigued by your story as well as your product. And that one of the reasons I had you come on the podcast is because the insomnia episodes that I run are some of the most downloaded and popular episodes. So they continue to be the most downloaded and popular episodes. Sleep is a big, huge issue for most of my listeners, apparently, as well as like around the world. So... It's not just the U.S. that's having problems. It's all kinds of countries that are having problems oh, yeah. with sleep. Well, quick, quick question for you in the beginning. How do you perceive sleep versus a hypnotic state? Do you think they have a lot in common? Or mm. we could tie it in right there for a start. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question, right? It's a question that people have too. Thank you. Um, so we know that the brain waves go through different states, brain wave states. When someone is going from an active state, like we're talking about right now, into more of a sleep state. So we go through beta and then alpha, which is a more relaxed state, 
more like when you're, um, let's say, first lying down for bed, right? Into theta, which is even more relaxed, which people often go into for meditation, um, deep relaxation, hypnosis. We're often between alpha and theta. Okay, so right in between there. And then they go into delta, which is deep sleep. Now, occasionally that does happen in my office. Someone falls completely asleep, right? That's good. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful because um, they often come back and are like, whoa. You know, and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's still effective. Hypnosis is still effective because their subconscious mind is still listening and active and processing, right? Mm-hmm. But generally when we're in deep sleep, we're not in hypnosis, right? But we know that there's overlap there. So when they do brain studies on people in hypnosis, most people stay between alpha and theta, and some people go down to delta, just like when they study meditators. It's very similar. Mm. Long-time meditators, you know, they're studying like monks and stuff. Right, right. Um, Yeah, it's a good question. How did you get into the sleep field, let's say? How did you get interested in sleep? Well, it was easy because I've had problems sleeping for a long time and they were getting worse. You know, my kids would say daddy snores. And I remember we were going to go on vacation one time and I thought, oh no, you know, I probably better get two hotel rooms because I don't want to keep them up all night. You know, how are we going to go on vacation? So it was, you know, it was embarrassing (laughs) and expensive. Um, And then I was waking up tired more and more often, no matter how long I would sleep. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I realized I probably have sleep apnea. And again, you know, my wife said I snore real loud. So I you know, I had to get that looked at and fixing it's not so easy. You know, you could try a CPAP machine, which is like this. Yeah. You know, again, it's embarrassing to have and to use and to et cetera. And it's sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. It's very hard to get used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to find a better way. And I, I remember having this conversation where they're just, you know, it's probably about yeah, a year ago now. You know, I woke up, we're laying there and I was complaining about the pillow I was using because it was really soft and it had gotten smushed over time. And I said, you know, I have to get another pillow. This thing's no good. And she said, oh, I'll take your pillow. I said, you've had like 10 different pillows this year. What do you want this for? So, you know, mine are no good either. Maybe this one's better for me. So I said, you know, what they really need to have is a custom tailored pillow for people like prescription eyeglasses or a tailored suit. So that it fits my shoulders and my head and all that, and I can sleep more comfortably. Because part of my problem was also taking a while to fall asleep on certain nights. It was just uncomfortable. And that's miserable, you know? Mm-hmm. So she said, well, you're, you know, you're always thinking and doing. Why don't you go do that? I said, okay, I'll, that's what I'm going to do. That's how it started. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I didn't realize that this, this product is that new, the custom pillow. Yeah, uh, we started selling it uh, this year, the beginning of April. Wow. Yeah. Well, I want to move fast. I don't want to take forever to get some out there. So I've been yeah. pushing as hard as I can. What were you doing before? Were you working like a day job or you have your own products or like other products? Yeah, no, I still work. I, I run a marketing company. We do marketing for lawyers. And the thing that, that helped give me the idea too is I, I run my own podcast, but it's on like future technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always getting ideas from that. So I still do those things, but this has become like my main project. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. So then how'd you go into like R&D research and development? Did you just test them out? Did you have to find someone to make the first one for you? Like how did that work? Yeah, it was a couple different angles. So, you know, I love to interview people and ask questions. So I started 
finding sleep professionals. So I interviewed probably like 120 of them so far, you know, apnea wow. people, snoring, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. I mean, all the, you know, narcolepsy mm-hmm. people. And then, um, you know, I work with a large office of people for the marketing business. So um, <laughs> I said to them, hey, can we get, uh, can we set up a bed in the spare office and take pictures of all the people that work there? You know, with clothes on, obviously, but, you know, have them lay on the bed yeah. and say. <laughs> PJs, right? Right. Can yeah. you bring your PJs in and we'll take some pictures of you? Yeah. I, you know, just lay <laughs> how you normally sleep and, you know, on your side and your back. And so I looked at like dozens of photos of people and. I tried, you know, then I started making prototypes oh. and uh-huh. seeing, oh, this works, but it hurts my neck. This one, uh, uh, you know, back in, you know, so it was this development cycle, but for a while it was every single day we were making, you know, a pillow and tweaking it and all that. And that was really exciting. And it was getting close to the point where it was working. And then we hit on it and I found a design that, that works. And then we started selling them. We started getting reports from people like, oh, this is really comfortable. I didn't wake up during the night like I usually do or my neck pain is gone mm-hmm. or you know, I had insomnia and now I'm falling asleep like really quickly. And so, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we're getting great feedback. So, so far, so good. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a major factor. Like part of what we do when we are treating insomnia with hypnosis or CBTI, mm-hmm. cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia, is we do look at the bedroom right? Like, is it comfortable? Is your bed comfortable? Do you have curtains that shut out light? Do you have like a little basket beside your bed where you have some books or some um, nice smelling scents or, you know, whatever that is, right? We absolutely take a look at the setup. And pillows are big for people. I rarely find a person who like loves their pillow 100%. Right. Well, they're not customized. You know, they're just like, yeah, they're not customized. Right. And then when you do find someone who loves their pillow hundred percent, they will often travel with it. I had a friend who took his pillow. Like Mm -hmm. that was it. He's like, I cannot sleep without this pillow. I do too. So it's important. So you hit on a design, but then you're saying that people are happy with, but, but really what you do is you customize it. Correct. Yeah. What part of the thinking was this, like, so I need a, I need a pillow. I can go on Amazon and look and there's small, medium, large, firm or soft. I don't know if it's going to fit me or I can go to a store and I can kind of smoosh the pillows in my hands, which I've done. And again, I don't know if it's going to fit me. And then if you even can lay down on a bed in a mattress store with a pillow, your mattress at home is different. So one of mm-hmm. my big thoughts was like, all right, if this is going to work, it's got to be really easy. I got help to create an app that uses machine vision. So all you have to do is have a picture taken of you, you know, by a friend, or you could even do it as a selfie, you know, with our, uh, the app. Um, and then mm-hmm. we get that and we use machine vision AI to extract like 14 of your physical measure- measurements, you know, the height of your head, the width of your shoulders, etc. And that's what creates the custom pillow. We have that. And then we have design rules. Mm-hmm. We say, all right, this person's head is shaped this way. And, you know, make, we make the pillow a certain way based on them. Oh, so is this picture... Do you have to take a picture of yourself laying down on the bed or is it standing? Is it from like behind or you can do that just from the front? Yeah. If it's, if you want, if you sleep on your side, then I have a picture of you facing the camera from the front. If you sleep on your back, you know, we have a picture of you in the profile view. Because if you, if you lay on your side, for instance, do you have really wide shoulders or narrow shoulders? Do you have like a, a round head or a flat head? 
that governs how you lay on the pillow. And if you're a back sleeper, mm-hmm. you know, do, does your head really far forward or is your head like straight up and down like a military pose, you know? With those pictures, I can tell and, you know, we use the algorithm and all that to customize a pillow for you. Ah. Yep. What about someone who moves around? That's harder. Um, there's a trade-off here. So most people that we work with are side sleepers because when people have sleeping problems, they usually end up going on their side. So like, first of all, uh-huh. stomach sleepers, you're not even supposed to do. It's not really good for your neck. And if someone sleeps like that, yeah. we're not in that area. But like 72% of people are side sleepers, according to the stats. And we've mm-hmm. seen probably like 98% of the people we deal with are side sleepers. So that's usually fine for them, you know, or there'll be a back sleeper. But the people that transition a lot, I found actually a lot of them, if they could, they would stay on their side most of the time or on their back. If they're transitioning a lot, it means they're mm-hmm. restless and their sleep's not as good as it could be. Yeah, it's definitely true. I'm someone who transitions a lot and I'll end up on my stomach. Mm-hmm. Out of like, not desperation, because I don't really suffer that much, <laughs> you know, like I've taken all the suffering off of it, off of sleep. Right. Just more like, maybe this will work now. You know, it's that kind of feeling. Well, yeah, like part of that is because of com- you may be uncomfortable or you may be having, you know, breathing problems, slight or heavy breathing problems. People that snore, for instance, they're not aware of it most of the time. They, they find out they're embarrassed, but they didn't know. Because they're sleeping. They're not aware. Right. So same thing with how you are in bed. Like it's hard to figure out what's going on because you're not in the hundred percent aware state. You're in this, you know, mm-hmm. altered state where again things aren't perfectly clear. Yeah, absolutely. Right. A lot of sleep studies will show that. And sometimes, you know, someone will wake up and say, Oh my God, I slept horribly. But their partner will be like, No, you didn't budge. Right. You know, <laughs> but it's that, it's that feeling that they slept horribly yeah. that's, um, that's driving it. You know, and then other times it's like, yeah, people are really restless and they're moving around and they can't get comfortable. And if they only had the right pillow, right? That's often the thought that goes through. Yeah, it's not the only thing to fix it, but it helps. You know, it's a part of the solution. Yeah, absolutely. It's part of the solution. What's the pillow made of? It's mostly standard materials. The big deal is in the shape. So it's a wedge shape. So a normal pillow, you lay on it, Mm -hmm. the weight of your head is like, you know, eight to 10 pounds. So that deforms the pillow, your head mushes into it. So now you're not straight, you know, you're not straight anymore. You're at an angle. So this pillow is wedge shape and you sleep in the thick side of the wedge. Because now with the weight of your head, now it's a flat profile. So it's deliberately made so that, yeah, that's part of it. Um, it has certain side walls mm-hmm. and to make sure that it doesn't deform. Like your average pillow, after a few weeks, mm-hmm. usually it'll start to really deform a lot. This one deforms much, much slower. It has like an internal um, mm-hmm. you know, foam piece. And uh, again, because of the, the structure and all of how it's made, it doesn't deform as much. And it's sized properly for you. So when you lay on it, like when we've got it right, the person lays down and they go, oh, that's pretty good. Like they immediately realize okay, my head and my neck is straight and I'm comfortable. That's that's what we want. And I literally audibly hear that from people. Oh, that's pretty good. Then I know, great, you got it. Wow. And you know, they'll have a good night's sleep. Yeah. What about people with like reflux or GERD or, or something like that? Like, would this be appropriate for them or not? Well, usually that's either they're eating too close to bedtime or they're eating spicy food or they're eating too much. Or, you know, a whole host of reasons. So 
this pillow will help them. I mean, there are pillows there that literally it's like a gigantic wedge they'll sleep on. So their whole body is tilted up and that will help mm -hmm. some, but actually a lot of that goes to diet and what you eat and when and all that. I've had those problems. So that's something that, Have uh, you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I've, I've uh, a couple of times, you know, I've, I've had too much and I literally like just about threw up in my sleep after a few hours, I wake up, I woke up <laughs> like that. Awful, oh right? yeah. Oh, it's horrible. But you know, I've experienced all this stuff, but yeah. And what this does is it keeps your head, neck, back and all that straight. So like the top four things that people say it helps them with is head, shoulder and neck pain. It keeps them straight. So they don't have that mm. insomnia. They fall asleep a lot faster because they're just more comfortable. You know, if you're not uncomfortable and you have mm -hmm. to beat the thing up and mush it around it, you're just not going to fall asleep as fast. The other one is mm -hmm. snoring. Usually it reduces it. It's not a cure, but it reduces it. And some people have said apnea. Um, they're, uh, you know, when they were tracking their scores and all that, they were able to uh, sleep a little bit better and feel more rested. So again, a lot of it's mechanical. is because they're in this aligned position, therefore more relaxed. Their airway is open properly, and that's what helps people sleep. Mm -hmm. The acid coming up. So part of that, again, like I said, is diet. But part of it also is, you know, you stuffed up. If your nose is blocked and you have to breathe through mm -hmm. your mouth, you're pulling more of a vacuum on your esophagus and on your the, the sphincter that leads to your stomach, which can help acid come up mm -hmm. more. So if I can reduce that need to, like, work so hard to take a breath, that will help with acid reflux a little bit. It probably won't cure it, but it may help it a bit, too. Mm. Well, I'm thinking I'll get one for my husband, you know, like he's a major snorer and he has a sleep apnea too. Okay. You know, he falls in the category of people who will not use a CPAP machine. I understand why. Yeah. Yeah. They're uncomfortable. People do have a hard time getting used to them. You know, since you deal with hypnosis, you deal with psychology. So I'll talk more about the psychology of sleep, like insomnia. Why do people have insomnia? You know, various reasons. They're troubled by things at night. Um, maybe that keeps them up. Again, they're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That keeps them up. Uh, they're worried, whatever it is. If you can at least make an environment where you could fall asleep faster because you're more comfortable and it soothes you, that will help you with insomnia. That's why like the CBTI oh, yeah. and your work, I'm, I'm guessing, is so helpful because at least the mental portion is soothed faster or people can self-soothe after they see you. Maybe they can take some of your techniques to bed with them. I'm trying to do the soothing in a physical way as well to accompany that. If that makes sense, that's how I can relate it to like what you do and why it would work in that. In yeah. That, that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do a combination of CBT and hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is looking at environment and, and all of that. And, and yeah, I mean, I think any way that you can reduce the worry about sleep is fantastic. Right. It's like, okay, well, at least you don't have to worry about your pillow. Right. At least you don't have to worry about snoring so bad, let's say, if it helps that or um, waking up your kids or your wife or your husband or, you know, waking up your partner. Yeah, like, like snoring is very psychological. You know, if you're the one that snores, usually you don't know. Your partner tells you and then you're embarrassed, you know, and then you feel bad for them. Oh, no, they're not going to sleep well with me. I mean, I've seen stats that say 25% of all couples don't sleep together. They may start out together, but then one person leaves the room because someone's snoring. Mm -hmm. So now you have people in separate yeah. beds. You just feel like a lack of intimacy. 
So it hurts relationships and it's embarrassing and, 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 and it's like a very big psychological thing. Yeah, absolutely. So if you can help fix that problem in a physical way, wonderful. Yeah. You're the mental side. Um, my goal is to be the physical side. So yeah. Yes. So when you, when you counsel people on, you know, using hypnosis and CBTI, do you hear that they tend to have? Generally when they, when someone comes in for insomnia, it's really about worrying is what they focus on, you know, like, why can't I fall asleep and why can't I do this? And so when we're going through some of the checklist of making your sleep environment more comfortable, then we are saying, you know, is your mattress comfortable? Is your pillow comfortable? Do you have enough blankets? Like, is your bedroom a cozy place for you, right? Not a place of work. We try to make it not a place of work, um, but a place of cozy comfort and intimacy and a place to connect with their partner if they have one. And so generally that's how people show up in my office. So if it's more of a physical problem, like apnea or snoring or something like that, then they're generally in their doctor's office more than mine, right? Their medical doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for me, they're really addressing their ability to fall asleep and taking off the worries about it. Like, you know, there's primary insomnia where they can't fall asleep initially. And then there's the kind where someone's waking up at night and can't Mm -hmm. fall back asleep. So we're really working on skills for both of those, depending on what's going on. You know, I have tips and tricks to do that, but my ultimate goal for them is independence. Like, I don't want you to have to put on a hypnosis file every night to fall asleep, right? right? That doesn't feel good. And that gets boring (laughs) anyway. So I want you to learn a skill about how to put yourself to sleep. And I I remember telling myself a couple of times, you know, you've, you've fallen asleep for 40 years every night. You'll fall asleep tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> I've had to tell myself that a few times when I had problems. What a wonderful thing to say to yourself, yeah. right? Because that does take the worry off of it. Like, okay, eventually you will fall yeah. asleep. And sometimes it just takes someone else pointing that out to someone where they're like, well, yeah, that's true. You know, because they'll come in and they'll really feel broken. Yeah. Like, why can't I fall asleep, my brain doesn't work right, or my body doesn't work right. And it's like, no, you know, your body has this natural ability. I mean, occasionally I run into someone with like a phase disorder, but that's a more specialized problem, you know, where they really have to get their phase back in cycle or it's, it's a, um, a deeper physical problem going on. But a lot of the time, for most people, their bodies are working correctly. It's the mind that's keeping yeah, them up. For people that wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep, I can give you a few tips there from stuff I've learned if you'd like. Sure. What would be well, your tips? The biggest factor I've seen is time. Like there's nights where it was very dry and I had to keep waking up to drink water. You know, I got a humidifier, which helped, but I literally a couple of times got to the point where I'd have a water bottle in the bed next to me because it would save me like, it would save me probably three seconds. I would just pick it up, unscrew the cap, take a sip screw the cap on and lay right, you know, like I I barely had to move. I got it down to a science. I, I did dump the water on me a few times, but, but I figured it out. So I didn't do that. But, um, (laughs) but what I've noticed in waking up at night is like literally every second counts. So if you can, you know, go to the bathroom faster, if you have to go, you know, obviously with less light, but, or if you can drink water faster, or if you can Mm -hmm. do whatever and get back to bed faster, you'll fall asleep faster is what I've seen. The longer you stay awake, 
the worse it is for you. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. It's funny because my husband used to turn on the light in the bathroom when he's going in the middle of the night. And I was like, how do you do that? He's a great sleeper. So you can fall right back asleep. But then I bought this. Um, it's a toilet light. There's no other word for right, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the official description, but it it's motion sensitive and it lights up the toilet bowl. can actually flash through the rainbow if you want it to. But typically I keep it on like a blue light so that there's less light in the bathroom when you're like getting up and going to the bathroom. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And that way you fall asleep fast. You get back to the bed. Yeah, yeah, that's good. The one tweak I would say is it's better to have a red light instead of blue. But Yes, yeah, the red light is good. But I, I think in the toilet, it's not making a huge difference, right? Well, <laughs> once you sit down. <laughs> no, yeah, once you sit down, right, yeah. But, yeah. Well, I've noticed, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, a lot of these sleep prod- products, they have, like, an LED on them, but it's usually blue. And that can put a significant amount of light in the room. Yeah. Like I've, I've got an electrical tape and I've taped over yes. all these LEDs because even one can like make the room non-completely dark and like really impact your sleep. Even though it's a tiny little light, it makes a big difference. Oh my God. I, in the same way, I used to have this um, wall mounted stereo. This was a while ago, but it had this little blue light and it didn't matter whether it was on or off. And I ended up putting painter's tape over it because, you know, regular tape wouldn't even do it. Duct tape probably would have worked, but I could not stand this little tiny light. It would keep me up. I really hated it. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to fall asleep to a red light. Like I had a, um, a little headlamp that had a red light on it. And I was working one time with an ophthalmologist for insomnia and he explained why the red light was much better. But he was like, oh, my God, yes, the red light, because it doesn't wake up your cones and rods or something yeah, like that, yeah. right? Anything you can do to help yourself sleep better, I think, or to drift into mm-hmm. sleep easier. Well, you know, if you think about it, what color is a fire, you know, like a campfire? Red and orange. What color is the sunset? Typically more reddish orange. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we are coming to the end of our time here. Can you tell people how to find you and how to order a custom pillow if they're interested in that? And also your app name. Yeah. Um, so the website is goodnightssleepproject.com. You know, nights is plural. So goodnightssleepproject.com. And the app is on Android and iPhone. You can look up uh, either custom pillow maker or Good Nights Sleep Project and you'll find it both places. Okay, wonderful. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. No problem. truly enjoying today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis, 
So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.